You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. What's going on, everybody? I'm excited because since summer, I mean, summer's technically dying down, but it's still really, really warm here in LA. So I'm really excited that this week's Drink of the Week is sponsored by the amazing Vital Proteins once again. So in this week's Drink of the Week, we have some more collagen beauty water, but this week is melon mint because we're doing some some fresh watermelon margaritas with some Codigo 1530 tequila, and it is Rosa tequila, which I'm sure you've never heard before because it's amazingly crazy and new, and it combines rosé with tequila. So it's like two of my favorite things, and it's amazing if I haven't said that already. So check out this week's Drink of the Week by Codigo and by Vital Proteins. The recipe is in the description below. Go check them out. Go follow them and get ready because this week's Hashtag No Filter is coming at you. And I have an amazing guest who has just a beautiful spirit. I met her through Max Lugavir, who was on a couple weeks ago with Nikki Sharp and who's been on the podcast uh before when he was talking about Breadhead, uh, his documentary that's coming very, very soon. But I'm excited because she's just the sweetest we met a couple weeks ago. Uh, and her name is Sarah Ann Stewart. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for so coming. So excited. I'm excited to have you. She's a holistic health practitioner and a found- she's the founder of Holistically Slim. And your website is just so pretty. Like Thank everything, you. even your Instagram, like it's just so like Thank it matches you. you. It just has like a nice, positive, uplifting vibe and spirit. Thank you. <laughs> it's Thank so, you so just uplifting. I love it. Okay, Sarah, you ready? I'm ready. You have to. I have to throw my icebreakers at you. Okay. Everybody has to answer them when they come on the show. All right. The first one is, what's one word your mom would use to describe you? Hmm. Independent. Independent, why? Fiercely independent. Fiercely independent. Um, I started modeling when I was 15, moved out then, have been you know, traveling on my own, backpacking the world, just doing a lot of independent things on my own since then. So nice. Um, one of those things that she would definitely describe me as. A go-getter? Okay, yeah, go-getter. cool. Give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people would not expect? Oh, wow. My probably least favorite thing to do is go shopping. Really? And that's probably surprising as a woman, but I hate shopping. (laughs) A model that hates shopping. (laughs) I love it. Okay. And what's your drink of choice? Uh, Just an iced latte with uh, fresh almond milk. Mm. That would be my thing. Do you have a favorite spot? Um, No, just homemade. I have the, blend my own almonds. And- I have the funniest story. So you're familiar with Moon Juice, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that Moon Dust is code for cocaine. <laughs> so I would often tell people about this amazing Moon Dust that I found. <laughs> and I remember one time this guy was looking at me. He's like, like just like really like weirded out by the fact that I'm openly talking about moon dust and I'm like, it's so great. And they have brain dust and it's like, it turns on your brain and it's like, you can focus. And, and then afterwards, uh, it was actually on the show too. And then afterwards we were, um, when we finished taping, he's like, oh my God, I was so thrown aback by that because I thought you were talking about drugs. I didn't realize you were talking about like ground up herbs. And so I'm like, now it makes so much sense why people, some people thought I was like really crazy talking about moon dust because this whole time they didn't realize (laughs) I was talking about adaptogens and not cocaine. That's amazing. But that guy, he was just like, I was so like thrown off that you were so openly, willingly 
talking about your cocaine use. I'm like, no, I don't. The most I'll snort is collagen. Um, okay, give me an embarrassing moment that you learned the most from. Hmm. Well, I threw my fiance a birthday party. Like I spent a couple weeks planning this birthday party. And in the process of walking him in, I let go of his hand and he smacked into the glass door in front of like all of our friends and family oh, and all these no. things. So it was like, it was like this thing that I had worked so hard for that turned into the, one of the most <laughs> embarrassing moments of my life as I plow him through this oh, glass door God. and it almost shatters and he almost has a you know concussion and he's wondering what's going on. Oh, um, I don't know what I learned other than <laughs> don't plan surprise parties. Like, that's not my thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Was that Craig? Or yeah, was that, okay. Craig, yeah. Um, if you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Um, I don't know much about the Kardashians, but I would probably pick Chloe. Okay. Um, she's strong, and she. I, I think she's, you know, from what I've seen, fun and funny. And she's kind of like the one that has kept herself a little out of out of the media but still yeah still doing some cool stuff yeah it looks like yeah yeah i think she's definitely like the least narcissistic but also the most entrepreneurial at the same time yeah yeah and definitely a fun personality i agree okay so talk to me i feel like i like to bring people in who are in the wellness world um because i feel like that's not where we start you know, there's always like some other fast paced yeah. lifestyle that we're living. And then we kind of just hit a wall and then we fall on our face and we kind of have to pick ourselves back up. And it's through that process that we find the start of our mm-hmm. wellness journey. Right. Um, you know, so for me, a lot of people know that like my brother had autism and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I found out about like diet and nutrition and supplements. And now I just go batshit crazy and I'm doing cryotherapy and all sorts of, you know, anything under the sun, um, which to me now is so normal. but. <laughs> Everybody else is yeah. so crazy. So what kind of brought you into this wellness world? Yeah, so it was really interesting. When I was a teenager, my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I remember very specifically, he he looked at the doctor and he said, have you ever seen a miracle? And the doctor said, no, I, I haven't. And he said, you're going to see one. And I remember he went home and he meditated and he sat with himself and he was like, the answers are going to come. Something's going to come. A miracle is going to happen. So throughout that process, we ended up um, exploring the world of alternative medicine. And within seven months of alternative, uh, using alternative medicine and changing his diet and going vegan and bringing in a vegan chef and really just discovering this aspect or this world that we had never heard of, right, mm-hmm. or really known much about, he he did teach meditation and he was aware of these things, but not to the extent of nutrition actually healing your body in terms of terminal sickness. So after seven months, the cancer is completely gone and I'm just completely blown away. Wow, spark, seven months. Yeah, seven months. And there was a spark that was lit inside of me that was like, why are people not doing this? Why, why isn't this a common trend? Why aren't people talking about this? And I was really confused. And so I started to dive into the literature and the research and just really immerse myself into holistic health. But at the same time, I had been scouted to model. So it was really interesting that on one side, I was seeing how food was so nourishing and beautiful and could help heal your body. On the other side, I was developing eating disorders for over 10 years. And I was discovering how food could also be so damaging. So I was living this kind of strange world in that I had two different views on food. And yet when I ended up in the hospital, almost to the point of death and being told I was going to die, I was so embarrassed that I allowed myself to um, let food control me to the extent of of almost almost dying. Yeah. And so it was a very, very big wake-up call for me. So do you think that 
in addition to, you know, your dad taking all of these extra precautions, do you think that there's also a mindset that plays a role or that played a role in, um, in his healing? Yeah. So now that I look back, I truly believe that, um, and I've looked at other people who, who have been successful with healing, with healing their sicknesses. And I completely believe that the mindset is the most important aspect of it. Um, I think we have subconscious patterns and when we believe, truly believe we're going to die, it actually creates that. And when we believe that our body can heal, it actually creates that as well. But we have to uncover those subconscious patterns. And I believe one of the most powerful ways to do that is through meditation um, and really looking within instead of looking without at all the different diets and all the different ways and all the, and saying, okay, what is the answer for me? Like the bio-individuality of what is the most important thing for me to actually create this healing within myself and then and then receiving those answers. So how did you deal with that paradox of having, you know, your dad who, I mean, for a lot of people, that is a very granola mindset, you know, tr- choosing alternative mm-hmm. medicine and, you know, having these positive thoughts and being so focused on beating cancer. And some people are like, you can't, like cancer is, you know, it's a dead end diagnosis. Yep. And then you have, you know, you're thrown into this modeling world where, you know, there is all of these negative connotations about food and, and what you should do and dieting. So how did you find your way out of, you know, being stuck in those two conflicting mindsets? Yeah. So when I ended up getting really sick, I I quit the industry. I left. I went and traveled the world. I thought I could disappear. And all of a sudden I would get better. The problem with that is your mind goes everywhere with you. So your patterns of what you've been taught for 10 years, being told, you know, you're too big, you need to lose weight, you know, shows are coming up, you're you're not going to book jobs, you're not going to make money, the way that you're surviving is going to be sacrificed based on um, based on your size, all of that programming was in my mind. So that programming went with me. And so even though I started to study nutrition again, and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to launch my own business and I want to go back to health and wellness, I hadn't healed what was in my mind. And I was avoiding it and avoiding and avoiding it. And when you avoid it, you actually are suppressing those emotions. So I ended up coming back, going to school for nutrition, getting a bunch of different certifications, opening my company, and then being completely embarrassed by the fact that I was still having anxiety around my body. I was still having anxiety walking past uh, mirrors. I was still having anxiety when I was in dressing rooms. I was having anxiety in front of my clients when I was ordering green juice. And I was like, there has to be more of this. Like, There's something wrong with the way this is happening. So I ended up going back to meditation and I found a meditation teacher who just took me under his wing and really helped me go through the process of unlearning everything I had been conditioned. And um, Shandresh from Break the Norms, he always says, you have to unlearn the way you were taught to suffer. So basically mm-hmm. starting to peel back all those layers and the stories that I was holding onto for so many years. So it was interesting. I was coaching people about the physical aspects of why nutrition was so good. And that is really an important part of it. But yet I had to go through the process of really reprogramming my own thoughts and beliefs. And through that, I ended up opening my second company, which now I help women on on the emotional side and the mental side and healing those reprogram um subconscious patterns before we even, you know, talk about food, really. It's like, it's like, because once you have that aspect done, then you're going to gravitate to the things that you really, you know, are really good for you. And you're not going to sabotage your health and wellness. Was it scary letting go of those thoughts? I feel like, you know, even with my own kind of personal journey, I feel like there, there came a point where I was so scared as much as I wanted to come out of that. I was so scared of letting go of that mindset and that set of, you know, just 
belief system that I was sticking to because that's all I ever knew. Mm -hmm. And I was scared of what it was going to look like to not know that. And I feel like that's so strange and weird to be afraid of healing or to be afraid of just living better. Did you? Yeah, I went through so, so many different feelings and emotions, and I had to really move to a place of forgiveness for to myself for what I did to my body. I had to move to a place of forgiveness for my agents and my environment and the people that I surrounded myself with. And um, and not only that, there was a lot of fear of gaining weight. The, you yeah. know, I still had those feelings of like, what if I gain weight and how will I look? And I'm supposed to be this health coach that knows what she's doing and yet I'm gaining weight. And there was a time that I ended up, I was, you know, I was between 108 and 180 pounds consistently and like gaining and losing hundreds of pounds. Yeah. And in the process of like losing it again, I had to, I had to again, like find that place of self-love. And what I've realized a lot is, is that there's a very big difference between self-love and self-sabotage. And I think there's a lot of things going around right now of like, oh, I love myself. So I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm not going to worry about being healthy. And I'm going to drink diet soda and eat junk food because I love myself. But that's not really love my, loving yourself. And I had to get to a place where I was like, I love myself exactly how I am, but yet I still want to grow. I still want to create a higher level of consciousness and awareness around my body, about my body image. And I'm still every day working on self-love. I think it's an ongoing process. But the difference is, is now I have the tools to manage it. So I'm not living my life filled with anxiety. I feel free in my body. And I know that if that thought comes up or that feeling comes up, I have the tools and the, you know, the meditation techniques and, and some different, um, different things that I use to basically manage that in the moment. So it doesn't spiral out of control and turn to binging or, um, unhealthy habits. So what, what were those tools that you used? Yeah. So I, um, so I consistently use just just um, tools to change the looping that's in your in my mind or like change the patterning. So whether that's um, meditation, I usually will just sit down and deep breathing, um, affirmations, um, forgiveness letters, even in the moment, morning pages. Um, Were there affirmations about yourself or about your body? So I have a list of affirmations that not that I use as much anymore, but that I would use based on the circumstance that I was in. So it would just depend on the environment and I would just have them and I would put them up or I would put pictures on my phone. And um, instead of doing a vision board of like, hey, I want to be this size, I would do vision boards of how I want to feel. And instead of joining a community of individuals, let's say we're just vegan or vegetarian, and then they would be angry if I left, you know, yeah, left yeah. that community. I was like, I want to join a group of women who just feel great in their bodies. And there's no judgment about what we're eating or how we're exercising or how we're moving, but we just love you know, love ourselves. And so I changed my environment. I changed who I was following on social media. I changed how, how I viewed, you know, just viewed the dieting industry as a whole of like jumping from one to the next to the next and just focused on how do I continue to look within and stop placing blame on the industry or fashion or yeah. the social media or all of these other things that's so easy to blame. But how do I take responsibility for this? And it's my responsibility if I want to live a long life. And the biggest thing for me, the biggest change was I think we truly want, when we truly want to be alive because we have a higher purpose, we will stay committed to our wellness path. Like when we have that vision and that purpose for the future, it's like, of course you want to stick around. You have yeah. a lot to do in this life. Yeah. So you're going to do like, you're going to get up and meditate. You're going to yeah. go to like move. You're going to eat the healthy stuff. You're not going to sabotage your life. So what do you think holds people back the most? Or what do you think is the biggest obstacle that so many people most commonly come across that I think prevents it's, them from living that full life? Yeah. 
Well, I think when it comes to food, we we get very caught up in what everyone else is doing. And we think that because it worked for someone else, it's going to work for us. And then we blame them. So instead of taking the best of the best and taking different pieces from different protocols and ideas and doing tons and tons of research and then looking within, we're like constantly looking without, like the outside of everything. And then we're blaming when it doesn't work for us. So I always say, do the research, but then look within and determine what's best for you. And if it's not best for you, and even though your best friend is doing it, don't do it. Like yeah. if you don't love to go work out, there's even statistics that if you don't love working out, you're not, you know, a specific type of working out, you're not going to continue to do it. So I think it's just this idea that there's so much research now. If you Google diets, there's like 5 million yeah. hits, right? So it's it's just a constant flow of um, of information at us. And we really have to get really strategic about how we process process the information as well. And then I think too, this idea that we are constantly, um, well, so there's this theory, like if you have compulsive eating or if you have issues with, with binge eating, you should distract yourself, right? Or you Mm -hmm. should go and do something to distract yourself. Well, the problem with that is that by distracting yourself from the emotion, you're not feeling you're not the emotion, you're suppressing it. the emotion from when we were, maybe the emotion's coming from an experience or a childhood pain or something that happened. But when you continue to suppress, then you're not allowing yourself to fully forgive the emotion or let it out or move through it. And yet it will con- continue to come up, come up, come up. So I always say, you know, those things are good for losing weight, but if you want to heal on a long-term level, you really have to get down and go in instead of out. And that's what most of us don't do. Most of us are consumed by screens, televisions, phones, everything, and, and computers instead of let me sit with my emotion for five minutes, figure out where this is coming from, heal, move through it, and then be able to to let it go. So coming out of your eating disorder, you said that you had a fear of gaining weight. Mm-hmm. How did you let go of that fear? It was just a constant, I mean, it was a constant battle. It was, it was literally like a tennis match in my head of like, if I'm going to be, you know, if I'm, and, and the tennis match was really about the physical because doctors were looking at me and saying, oh, you're so healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is symptoms aren't necessarily, um, or symptoms are, um, when you, when you look at like, like your symptoms can't always be read by a doctor and they can tell you things that a doctor can't find in a test, mm. right? So if you have symptoms emotionally, if, you know, th- there's things that are showing up that aren't necessarily, um, you, a doctor is not going to see. So even on a physical level, it was like, oh, you're healthy and you'll even be healthier, 30 pounds heavier or whatever, mm. you know, statistically. Um, I, I knew that it had to be more than the physical because there were still those symptoms of my mind, right? So it was more about letting go of, okay, letting go of the physical and saying I am healthy because I eat really, really well and move and so forth, but I have to focus on this other aspect of myself. Do you weigh yourself or what do you, what's your take on the whole scale and getting rid of the scale? And I don't, I don't weigh myself. I, don't, I hate the scale, but um it has but, so much power over people. I know. And it, it determines how you feel the entire day. And so... I think it's I think it's necessary to some extent when we're using when we're avoiding when we're in the avoidant avoidant personality of you know gaining a lot of weight and then saying okay where am I in speaking your truth of where am I really but I yeah I choose not to use it because I just don't want to have it emotionally dictate how I feel about myself all day long. What about um, this whole idea of how meditation helped you? Because I feel like here in LA, 
everybody meditates. Everybody has a meditation chair. Everybody has a meditation app on their phone. Mm -hmm. But yet it's still, what do you, I guess what I'm asking is, what do you say to the naysayers, the people that say meditation is nothing but bullshit. It's all, you know, hippy dippy. (laughs) Yeah. So the interesting thing about meditation is when you kind of fall off the wagon or you need to get back on track, um, what it really does and what it's great at is it helps you release the guilt and shame and stop the cycle that goes over and over. Because when you feel the guilt and shame, then you go and binge and you're like, I'm not worth anything. And it just creates this pattern, right? So the meditation really creates a space to say, okay, I'm going to reset my nervous system and I'm going to start over right now. And it allows you to process the thoughts and the feelings and everything that's going through through your mind. And I think that it's very powerful in that regard of like, if you, you know, if you fall off, if you fall off your health wagon or Mm. fall off, you know, quote unquote diet, which I don't even like to use, but like if you, if you go off the the rails of healthy, right. Or you're, and and there's obviously the space for balance, but it really helps you just create um, and release this, this idea of guilt and shame and connect with yourself and say, okay, I'm going to get back on track and let's view this. What's my higher version and so what's your definition of meditation? Because there's like two-minute meditation and then there's like, you know, the 10 minutes a day meditation app and, yeah. you know, everybody has a different version of what that means to them. Some people listen to a track. Some people can do it on their own. Mm-hmm. What has worked best for you? I think anything. So my clients have done all of the above and they've all been fantastic. And I think it's you find one that really resonates with you. I mean, some of my clients love TM and some of them love the mm-hmm. visualizations or the guided... I find a lot of value in like the compassion meditations and the forgiveness meditations and the morning meditations that just help you start out your day. Um, I find a lot of value in the mantra meditations because it allows your mind to attach to something that keeps you into the present moment. Anything that keeps you in the present moment. I also talk a lot about like flow and just this process of getting into your body and whether that's through dance or just finding things that you really love actually help you lose weight because they're helping you get into the present and you're not in this complete scattered mindset of what, where, how, like, how am I going to do it? And more just like a complete flow and awe of being in the present mm-hmm. um, helps you again, connect to yourself and realize, okay, this is the feeling of really being alive. And I'm going to want to sustain this and sustain it through health and wellness. Where do you think people miss the mark when it comes to wellness? You know, everybody, there's meditation, there's diet, there's supplements, you know, and I feel like so many people take all of the necessary mm-hmm. steps and they believe that they're doing everything right. But I mean, there are so many cases where you're following all of these guidelines, but yet something still isn't working. Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of people that that come to me have missed the mark just because they're they're not willing to do the inner work. And so it's very fearful to get out a journal and write out your feelings. It's really fearful to do morning pages and, you know, tap into that subconscious patterning in your in your mindset and really have to address the emotions that are in front of you. It's really hard to draw up like patterns from your childhood or, or things that happened to you. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to go and sit and talk about the pain points. You know, yeah. it's very, very hard. But the aspect, but the challenge is, is that your mind and body are completely connected. So everything you're feeling, the emotions you're feeling, it's all, you know, being processed in your body on a second by second basis. And you can't disconnect both of those. And so, you know, I've seen people who eat so healthy and exercise and are doing everything right, but they have this hang up and they're angry and they're angry at the world because of something that happened to them and their tests are coming back off and they can't figure it out. And so I always say it's really important to connect the subconscious 
in terms of what's happened and then use the affirmations or use a process of, of healing that aspect of yourself and then diving, diving deep into, okay, as I heal that, it's also going to heal the physical. I like that. Okay. Are you ready to give me your besties? Yeah. Okay. Give me your besties. Give me your best advice for when you fall off the wagon and need to get back on track. Yeah, I feel like we touched on yeah, this we a, did little touch a little bit. Um, I think meditation meditation is the best, but just resetting resetting the nervous system. I mean, meditation helps like reduce stress, concentration, um, self awareness, happiness, acceptance. Um, it's slow aging. It helps your you know cardiovascular health, like immunity, everything. So I think that's just like a really good way to just reset anything, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever's going on. Just you know, even if it's five minutes, sit with yourself, quiet your mind, let your body readjust. I love that. Okay, give me your best advice for someone that may not know they have a problematic relationship with food. So this is a really great question because I, I speak to a lot of women who say, well, I, I don't have any issues with food. <laughs> and and once we dive into actual conversation and start really talking about it, they start to really realize it, although they've realized it, they then accept it. So I think there's this aspect of finally accepting it. But the challenge is, is that we're in this avoidant space, right? So I always say, Take one day to yourself, you know, just set a time on your calendar where you're completely quiet all day, where you can put things away and, and journal all the times you think about food or your body or you have insecurity and giving yourself that space, even if it's one day will really set this, you know, begin to show you the truth behind what you're feeling in your mind. Because you have, when you have all these distractions and you're going so fast yeah. and you're moving between meetings and you have to be the next thing and you can't even process what's really happening in your mind and the truth behind those, those feelings because you're blocking them all day long. Yeah. It's funny. I found myself doing exactly that to avoid the emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking I was being so productive and I was yep. thinking, you know, well, this is good and staying busy is good. And, you know, I don't need a social life. I don't need time to decompress. And then I realized that it was really just another way, you know, the same way some people use substances or the same way some mm -hmm. people use food. It was a way for me to mask what I was dealing with inside or what I didn't want to deal with. It was yeah. Inside. And I think also getting a, you know, just having one conversation with a coach or getting outside your traditional community because your friends are going to, I mean, the people that you surround yourself are really going to validate because yeah. you've attracted them. So they're probably going through the same things, but having someone that you trust outside of your community to really sit down and say, okay, this is, this is the truth who, who you're not going to be hurt by. You're just going to yeah. say, okay, this is, this is the truth of where I am. And, and, um, and then you can look at it with a clear picture and say, okay, how do I want to heal this? Okay, Sarah. Closing question. If you could go back to your early 20s, that one period that everyone mm -hmm. kind of needs advice in, <laughs> what's one piece of advice you would give yourself or that you wish someone would have given you during that chunk of time in your life? Yeah, I think I lived with a lot of pain I didn't need to live with. And I think I did that because I was really scared of my own story. And I was really scared to admit that maybe fashion wasn't for me. And I was scared of failing. And I was scared of just talking about the truth of the industry and mm. how severe it was for me personally. I'm just speaking for myself. And so I think if I was, if I was more open to sharing that, um, I probably would have had a community outside of that community as a support group. And I probably would have moved things through things a lot easier. So I just think whatever you're going through, find a community going through it as well. And don't be scared of it. Um, because your life is short and, and moving through it as in a younger age, 
um, just sets you up for so much, so much more life. Absolutely. And now you've created your own little community yeah. that you have buzzing <laughs> you and Craig. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about that. Yeah. So we um, we created a community here in LA called the Rising Glen Collective, and it's just um, we do, we do it um, every month, and it's basically eighty to one hundred amazing entrepreneurs and artists and musicians and just creatives that are that come together and just jam on life and inspiration and impact and kind of just try to boost each other up and and create more change for for this world. And it's been, it's been so phenomenal to be around that sort of, sort of community. And that's, you know, I was speaking about earlier is find a community based on value and based on feeling really good in your body and based on, based on those things versus if you don't follow the strict plan, you're not part of the community because we're, we all want connection. We all want community, but we have to be really careful about the community that we build and the ones that we're in because it really dictates how we feel about ourselves on a daily basis. You know, it's really funny when I went to it, because uh, I just went to the last one, and I just remember when I first walked in, and I'll be totally honest with you, I was so overwhelmed because I was like, <laughs> everybody here is like so awesome, and like they're killer and badass, and like I'm like, and I just really, it was an oh, it was an issue that I was dealing with myself, and I was like really insecure and like, oh my god, like how did I even like I shouldn't be here right now, and I can't believe I was even invited to this, and I'm in the wrong place, and then I kind of was like, you know what? even if I was invited by my, by mistake, you know, I need to stop beating down on myself and stop feeding into my insecurities and really kind of be like, you know what, you've accomplished a lot for your age and you need to own that and acknowledge that. And, you know, and it took me a minute to get through it. And then, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to appreciate the relationships that I can build and foster here. Yeah. And we're, you know, we highly vet vet people before they come in and we just make sure that they're they're awesome people doing powerful things to change the world and that's what you're doing and I'm just like so honored to be on the show and so honored to have you as a friend <laughs> and you. and share your stuff and um and you're just doing amazing things for getting this information out to the world so super grateful for you and and this work thank you and thank you for the community that you fostered you have a really good collective of some like real badasses thank you <laughs> so thank you to you and Craig where can people go and find you yeah so you can find me at um at my website Sarah Anne, Sarah with an H, A-N-N-E, Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T dot com or on Instagram at Holistically Slim. I love it. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Be sure to follow Sarah and head to her website, sarahannstewart.com. There'll be a link to it in the description below or on your phone. If you just look at the screen, it'll be right there and you can click it. Uh, Shout out to Codigo1530 for sending us a bottle of your delicious Rosa tequila. Again, it's Rosé meets tequila, and it's amazing. And shout out to Vital Proteins, this collagen beauty water, delicious. Uh, We're drinking the melon mint in studio with some fresh-pressed watermelon juice and a little bit of jalapeno to give it a little kick. It's a nice, spicy, fresh margarita. Recipe is in the description below. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow me and Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. Listen to Hashtag No Filter every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, NetworkStudios.com. It's everywhere, so go and listen to it. Um, I was also just recently talking about my book, When Life Hands You Lemons, Throw Them at People, on my Insta story. Um, And since you've asked about it, I'll put the link to buy it in the description below. And stay tuned. There may be another one on its way very soon. But right now, I got to go and probably write it. Maybe, maybe not. Bye.